Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, as this show would not be possible if it wasn't for them. Millie and Ma, the stylish and unique all-Australian gift boxes. Their ranges include corporates, him and her, babies, or you can design your own. Catch them today at www.millieandma.com.au. That's www.millieandma.com.au. And last but not least, RetroJet Prints. At RetroJet, they create unique, high-quality, retro-inspired artwork that's affordable. Designed by them for you to suit any setting. Find them today at RetroJet Prints on Instagram or Facebook. And now, let's start the episode. He got a bit carried away, Brendan. That's not like Brendan to get carried away, is it? No, not at all. What a time to be alive. Steven's the goal. Disposal efficiency. Pressure point. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of the Pressure Point podcast. Week one of the finals is in the books. What a weekend of finals football that was. How'd you, uh, how'd you find it, mate? It was some pretty intense games there. Absolutely. And it was quite nice to sit back and relax and not have any real emotional investment into this year's final series so you can appreciate them for what they are. And I don't think they let us down at all. I mean, Port Adelaide put on the clinic. Uh, we saw like really close game, obviously, between the Giants and the Swans, Battle of the Bridge, and then Melbourne just looked dominant and the Bulldogs did what they had to do as well. So great final series of week one so far. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, even though a couple of those games sort of blew out, there was some real intense moments in a lot of them. Um, I know that Bulldogs Essendon game, like the first half was was really intense. There was, um, yeah, it was, it was hard to pick a winner in that game, and then the dogs sort of kick kick clear and um, flex their muscles. But then that GWS Sydney game, wow, that was that was crazy from the get go right until the end, where Sydney probably should have won the game in the end. So um, crazy weekend, and I guess the craziest thing to happen from the weekend, and it's where we're going to start tonight, is is the Toby Green incident with the umpire. What are what are your thoughts on it? It's I mean, we, we all love Toby Green, but it's hard to mount a case for him here. Yeah, absolutely. It is hard. I think a lot of people are going, oh, it's a Toby Green rule for this one, you know, with all the criticism coming his way. But I think rightfully so. I don't think there was any malice in what he did. I don't think he was intentionally trying to walk through. Like when I say intentionally trying, I don't think he was trying to intimidate or make a point by pushing through him like that. I think he just wasn't thinking and walked through him because he didn't deviate or lift his elbow he just walked straight but didn't move out of the umpire's way so for me it's definitely intentional contact um i don't think there's any malice but the rules state that you have to miss weeks if you make intentional contact with the umpire and they've been strict on it already this year we saw what happened and i made a pretty big deal out of the trent cochin scenario that happened a few weeks back where two players got fined for the same incident so i mean if they're getting fined for an accidental contact and toby green's deliberately walked through him you've got to give him at least a week i think yeah, definitely. I, I can't see him escaping any sort of punishment there, and 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 rightly so. Jesus, um, as much as oh, Toby Green's one of my favourite players to watch in the game, and he, and he is for a lot of people as well. But it, it's it's hard to ignore what he's done here, and just, just, what is he thinking, doing that as well? Just walking. Like, how, how does he think he's going to get away with something like that? Um, like if you do that anywhere in on the street or anywhere, like it's it's looked upon very badly and let alone to do that on a footy field to an umpire um you just got to wonder what's going through his head and he's he's probably going to cost his team a, a win in the semi you'd think without him there yeah well that's the thing and i mean as gws this isn't the first time he's done that he famously missed a prelim back in 2019 for being suspended as well 
this is clearly an issue for Toby Green, and it's good that he plays on the edge because he brings that intensity and that heat into the game. But at some point, some, surely someone at the Giants have to pull him up and say, mate, we, we can't have you missing these games. For doing simple things like that, that's not hard to not do. Like it wasn't a football incident where it was just bad luck. It, he's gone out, you know what I mean? That's something you definitely could have controlled. And like you said, if, without him now against the Cats as well, that's going to be huge if he doesn't play. Yeah, for sure. Like he, I mean, they only played Geelong a few weeks ago as well and and he kicked four goals um, and was the difference in that game. And ironically, he did get suspended in that game as well for that elbow on Dangerfield. So it's, it's going to be a huge loss. And um, I mean, if they manage to, to get through against the Cats and whether he's going to be playing in the prelim as well, I think I think he's going to get two weeks minimum um, just because you just can't have that have that on the footy field and it's a poor look for for the lower leagues as well and for the juniors so it's it's um yeah i think he's in big trouble i think at least two weeks what do you what do you think he's going to get um i think he'll i what i think he should get what i think he will get is different i think he i think he will get a week um i say that because it's finals and i feel like their decisions are always different come finals time for whatever reason they should be consistent all year round but they're not sadly so I think he'll get a week. Um, he probably should get – I think he should get two, though, for what he's done. But I think he'll only get the one. And the verdict yeah, okay. Tomorrow morning, um, they're going to tribunal. So recording on a Monday night, Tuesday 9 a.m., I believe it is. So by the time this is released, the verdict will be out. But there are our thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if he, if he gets off, there'll be an absolute outcry. Um, and I'd hate to see what uh, a lot of the media outlets will do if he does get off. As 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 much as we want to see Toby play, I don't. I just I just can't see it happening. So, yes. By the time this uh, comes out, we'll uh, we'll definitely have have an answer um, in regards to that. But it's um yeah, it doesn't look too favourably, and, and it's a shame because we'd love to see it. The, the Giants are playing some some good footy as well. They've they've been one of the most informed teams over the last few weeks, and um, you, you'd back them in against Geelong with with Toby Green there, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And like you said, they're just clicking at the moment. Everything's going right for them there. All their players are sort of firing. No one's really not performing at the moment. So it's perfect time for them to knock over the Cats who were vulnerable after a big loss against Port as well. And, you know, they lose this, they're out of the finals now, Geelong. So it's a big chance for the Giants. But without Toby Green, yeah, it'll be very hard. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, while we're on the Cats, let's uh, let's talk about their game against Port Adelaide on, on Friday night in the second qualifying final at Adelaide Oval. They they were never in it. Port Adelaide were way too good. They were intense at the contest. Their tackling pressure was elite. Um, they played like a team that um, wants and are desperate to win the premiership. Their their ferocity on the on the contest was was incredible. And um, all of a sudden they're 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 the favourites along with Melbourne and and rightly so they um they tore Geelong apart. Yeah I think the word you used there that summed it up the best was pressure and port their pressure was so intense and Geelong just couldn't match it. And they were fumbly, they were missing easy targets. Um, now I know that Dangerfield dropped a couple easy grabs. I know they said that was because of his injured hand now, whether that's, I, know, I believe his hand's injured, but whether he dropped those marks because of that or he felt the pressure, who knows, bit of both. Yeah, they just didn't look up to the challenge. And then I know that you're playing Port Adelaide over there as well and it's a tough, tough gig anyway, but it was, um, yeah, it was not good for Geelong. Definitely worrying signs, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, two or three weeks ago, uh, Geelong was everyone everyone's tip for the flag, and um, yeah, they they they, they seem to be in, in a bit of a in a, a bit of a bad spot at the moment. Um, as I've said, they're coming up against a, a rampaging Giants outfit. So, um, and and with a, a Dangerfield 
um, with, with the suspected broken hand or whatever he's got there as well. So, um, yeah, geez, they wouldn't want to go out in straight sets, especially with, uh, with the recruiting that they've done this season um, and their intentions for to win the premiership. It'd be, uh, it'd be terrible for the club and it's almost a, a where to from here if, if they do go out in straight sets. If they go out in straight sets, there'll definitely be a lot of questions asked around the club because they're going to make those choices. Do we get rid of the, these older players now and start you know, almost um, redeveloping from, you know, all the young guys coming up or do we give it one more crack? It depends how everyone's feeling, I guess, body-wise, but it'll be tough. I think the only thing that they'll take a bit of, um, well, I'll be a bit not happy about, but a little bit of comfort in is that they've had really poor elimination in qualifying finals the last, I don't know, like eight, nine finals they've played in. They've lost most of them. So, and they've always seemed to bounce back and, you know, make it to prelims and last year, you know, grand finals. So, I think they have the ability to bounce back, but I tell you what, they looked really lost with that Tom Stewart and that half back line. Did you? Yeah, imagine? absolutely. Oh. Yeah, he's 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 going to make a massive difference having him out. He was he was arguably their best player all season, one of their most important. But that half back uh, back pocket sweeper role is um, is one of the most important in footy. Um, you see, when when a team has one of their you know major ball movers out of the team, that it makes a massive difference and. Um, yeah, the amount of amount of play he sets up from back there is is crazy. So, yeah, who knows if that if they can't get through this weekend, um, it's gonna it's probably gonna come down to not having Tom Stewart there, because um, yeah, he's been that main cog in that team. So, um, I don't know if you had to if you had to pick right now, Geelong gonna win the flag, or can they win the flag? I think they can, but I don't think they will. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I think I'm in the same boat. My, my tune has changed in them over the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, halftime of the Melbourne game in the, in the final round, I thought they were going to run away with it. But I don't know. On the weekend, they they, they just looked second round against Port Adelaide as well as they were, Port. But yeah, Geelong just didn't look good. So um, we'll find out. We'll find out this Friday night against the Giants. But um, yeah, it could be some alarm bells for the Cats there. Speaking of a team, though, that wasn't wasn't great was, was Sydney. Um, against the Giants in that elimination final on Saturday afternoon. And geez, they blew their chance big time. They had a lot of opportunities to win that game in the last quarter. And GWS hung on to dear life and, yeah, ended up finishing with a one point win. So Sydney will be absolutely devastated with that loss. I think devastated is almost an understatement as well. Like you said, I think I reckon they had about eight or nine or seven or eight um, points they kicked in the last quarter and have. One or two of those had just gone through the middle. They they win this game. That they dominated that last quarter in terms of the play around the ground. They just couldn't get it on the scoreboard. And like you said, Jeremy also just holding on, hoping for the best, and came away with a one point win. And it, it just makes you think. The Giants obviously lucky to win this one. Do you think that obviously we've spoken already? They're saying they're in good form, but do we think that they're able to go forward and still make a big challenge? I know Sydney are a good team, but they were lucky to win this. The Giants. Yeah, I think so. Like Sydney had an incredible season. Um, they, were, they were arguably one of the best teams in it. Um, and yeah, for the, the Giants to knock them off, it was huge. And for a lot of that game, Jetty West were, were well in control. It was um, it was late when Sydney started to make their charge. And um, Isaac Heaney was was incredible. And um, Big Bud was doing some good things. So, but geez, yeah, they, they, miss, they missed some chances, which they should have put away. And, and we wouldn't be talking about them being eliminated. But um but I think you still got to give credit to the Giants. They they controlled a lot of that game, and um, yeah. And I think I don't think that's a, an understatement at all. I think the GWS can cause some damage um, with the way they've been playing the last few weeks. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree. I just know a lot of people might have been questioning it, but you're right. I think the Swans were one of the better sides all season for the Giants to bounce back. They did scrape into the eight, really, in the end. It came down to the last two rounds of the season that they made it into the eight. So to get a win against Sydney week one of the finals is massive for them. Yeah, and just everything that they've been through as well this season with the uh, they've been away from Sydney since the, since the start of June. Well, so have the Swans, but um, uh, GWS have had a lot of issues as well with, on the injury front. They've probably had the most injuries in the AFL this year. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff's gone wrong for them, and for them to make finals and then and then win a final is huge for them. So, um, and they'll go in with a lot of confidence. As I said, with they only beat Geelong a few weeks ago, so I think they're they're a big shot for it. Um, Later that day, in the, in the first qualifying final was Melbourne and Brisbane at the Adelaide Oval, and the Demons have solidified their spot as the big dog in the AFL at the moment. They are flag favourites, and it, the Melbourne supporters are up and about. Uh, it's definitely a grand old flag at the moment, and I can already see the differences now between this year and their 2018 season, it was, then, um, that they played really well. They just look so much more dominant, more mature. Um, everybody is firing on the team. I mean, what they had six or seven blokes make the All-Australian squad. I don't know how many made the final team in the end, but everyone's playing well on that list. And they're a team that just look hungry to win the flag this year. And they're my favourites at this stage. And coming up against Brisbane, um, I know it was at Adelaide Oval, not at the Gabba or anything like that, but that's still a big performance to come away, 33-point winners. Yeah, for sure. They were... Their, their defensive unit is is one of the best defensive units I've seen in a long time. They are an absolute brick wall back there. Steve May, Jake Lever, they just set up so well. Nothing gets through them. Um, and with you know Brisbane had the have had the best attack all season, um, and they couldn't even get through that Melbourne defence. So that's what wins your premierships. Defences win your premierships, as they say. And I think they're in the best position they've been in for a long, long time, Melbourne. And um, yeah, you'd almost be shattered if they didn't win the premiership this year. Um, just the way things are sort of falling for them with their goal up the siren um, in the last round, and um, and to win the way they did as well against Brisbane was huge. The big players were were dominant. You know, Petrarca was good, kicked some two late goals to seal it for them. Clayton Oliver was best on ground. Max Gorn was dominating. So everything's aligning for them. And geez, it's. It's going to be crazy if they do break that. I think it's at 57 years now. If they break that, it's going to be an emotional emotional one, similar to what we saw with Doggies and the Tigers the last few years. It's, it's, going, to be, um, it's going to be crazy for them. It's going to be huge. And I, I'm earlier in the year, I was sort of a bit over Melbourne. Um, I've never been the biggest Melbourne fan. I have no reason to dislike them either. But seeing uh, the win they had after the siren a couple of last week and Petrarca getting emotional on camera, it's made me re- like realize that how much this means and you know, how long it's been for them. And I'm all on the Melbourne bandwagon at the moment. I wish them all the best for the rest of the season. And look, the way they're going, it's sort of the fairytale season, isn't it? Everything's going their way. Like you said, um, things are panning out for them just nicely. I don't think they've really got any injuries either touch wood. So I reckon they can go all the way and take it away this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I said it to you off air. I think if Geelong can get, through the Giants and beat them comfortably, I I would be worried as a Melbourne supporter playing Geelong in a prelim, just with the experience Geelong players do have in finals. Um, You know, Geelong knocked off Brisbane at the Gabba in last year's prelim and no one really expected that. So I think Melbourne wouldn't want to be playing Geelong in a prelim, but um, yeah, you'd you'd have to back them in as as flag favourites now. They're just playing the best footy in it. Um, And yeah, we, we know a lot of Melbourne supporters. We've had a lot of Melbourne supporters come on the podcast this year and sure there's going to be some to come over the next couple of weeks. And, geez, we'd be, we'd be very happy for them. 
Yeah, absolutely, hundred um, percent. Well, let's move on to Sunday and the elimination, other elimination final down in Tassie was between the Dogs and the Bombers. Essendon streak continues. <laughs> A little bit like the Undertaker with that. Uh, it was straight. Uh, yeah, no, we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh too much, but I was about to say we, we don't really have many legs to stand on considering neither of our clubs made finals this year and bombers were tipped to be bottom four and they've you know they've had an incredible season, made the eight, um, which is a massive, you know, massive testament yeah. to why that they've played all all year round. And, and you know, they obviously didn't play well um in this game, but you, you can't knock them for the season that they've had this year. And I think they've exceeded all expectations, even their own. So I reckon most Bomber supporters, although they'll be pretty flat to go out like this, I reckon they'll be pretty happy with the season as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. They've had a great season. Um, yeah, credit where credit's due. I know we, we gave them a lot of credit the other week. Um, outstanding effort to make finals, considering where everyone predicted they'd finish um, at the start of the season. So they've been brilliant. Um, they've had yeah, a couple of Australians in Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish, who, who's elevated his game to be one of the best midfielders in the comp. Um, so there's a lot to like there. They'll be, they'll be better for it. Um, and they were unlucky to play the Bulldogs, really. Bulldogs are much better than a fifth-place side. They were, you know, they were top two all the season. Um, it was always going to be tough for them, but it was just the way that second half sort of panned out. Bulldog ticks, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but a number of unanswered goals, and Essendon didn't keep a goal on that second half, and you're not going to be winning any finals if you don't kick a goal on a half of football, so it was um, it was almost their, their doing, and... Um, now, a lot of Essendon supporters will probably say the umpires didn't help them either. Yeah, well, I was about to say, that's one thing that does remind me of the Essendon of old is all the supporters <laughs> jumping all of a sudden and saying the umpires lost them the game and Cody Waitman's a cheat. And I think out of all the free kicks Cody Waitman got given and to kick all his goals, I think one of them wasn't there and that was a Zach Merritt bump over the boundary line. I thought that was stiff. That's one goal. That's not 49 yeah. points. It's what they lost by. And to answer your question, or not your question, but your statement before, they kicked eight unanswered goals. Dogs. There you go. Uh, they didn't kick a yeah. single goal in the second, um, the second half. The Bombers and they kicked five behind. So I had chances in front of goals. They just didn't convert, and they really they lost the game for themselves. You can't blame the umpires for this one. I don't think. Although I know they love to Essendon supporters. It's in their nature, so it's probably nothing new for them. But um, yeah, I think the dogs were just looking really good, and I was worried for the doggies too. I thought without Josh Bruce, I thought oh, could be interesting. You know, only having the one target and Norton up there, but. Josh Shackey came in surprisingly and played a really, really good game. I thought he did. He played his role quite nicely. And for a guy that's been playing in the twos most of the season, um, he, he played really well. Yeah, he was, it was brilliant for him. Um, and yeah, the first half of that game, the first quarter and the second quarter, that was that was as intense as it, as it, as it got for a finals game. Um, so just to see the Bulldogs just keep clear and, and flex their muscles in the second half was... Um, yeah, it was great and just showed their credentials as well. But yeah, if you're not kicking a goal uh, in, a, in a in a whole half of football, you're you're, you're going to be very you're going to be struggling to to win a game. So um, yeah, disappointing for the Bombers. I think their record now. I mean, it's obviously been well publicised about their their streak, but their losses in elimination finals have been big ones as well. Um, I think there's been a couple of sixty point losses as a fifty point one, and on the weekend it was forty nine points. So you know, they're not just losing these finals, they're, they're getting smashed. So it, it is an issue. And you think it's almost gone down to their, the culture of the club or it's, it, they're putting too much pressure on themselves to, to, to break that streak. So 
I'm not sure what's going on there, but yeah, their losses in, in first week of the finals haven't just been losses. They're, they're getting smashed. So they'll eventually break it one day. Um, and I'll be very interested to see what the tally is when they do break it. Hopefully after our lifetime. But I think with the Dons at the moment, <laughs> I think with the Dons at the moment is they've got a completely refreshed list almost. So you can't even sort of put down what's happened this week and compare it to the final, other years where they've been smashed. So whether it's, lack of experience this year, or if it is the same issues that they're having, they're going to have to have a little bit of a deep dive because like you said, you can't have these past losses like that and just ignore them. So I don't think that they're related personally, but they may be. And I think that's something the club has to discover before going forward to next year, because you don't want to be in the same position. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as we hang shit on, on Essendon for the streak that they've got, it, it is pretty, it is pretty bleak and pretty, and pretty grim. It's a grim record to have. I mean, every other team in the AFL bar Gold Coast has won a final since Essendon last won one. So it's not great. Like, yeah, yeah, they've made finals a few years. and um, But if you're not winning one uh, for – it's going to be 18 years next year. It's that is it's not great. Um, and it's it, I think the criticism is, is justified. Yeah, it definitely justified. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I was in the same boat with the Tigers. I mean, in 2013, we made finals and – lost 14 lost 15 lost and our last win was 2001 so we went through a pretty big streak as well without winning a final so i can definitely see where they're coming from how they're feeling at the moment the bomber supporters but it's it's not yet you're right it's not a record anyone wants to have no with that example you just said then things can change quickly as well so they might they might break their streak and and go on a a, go on a a big one and and win a win a premiership so um who knows but yeah they'll uh i think they'll be better for it the bombers and and uh, i think they'll be back up there competing next year. Um, you mentioned before about All-Australian and the All-Australian did, team did get released between our last episode and this one. Um, do you have any any players, any surprises from that? I personally have one player I could not believe didn't make it, and that's Jacob Wiedering. I think that's one of the biggest All-Australian snubs ever. And I'm not. I'm saying that from a non-biased point of view. I just don't know how he didn't make it. He was regarded as one of the best defenders in the comp all season, stats-wise, and in a defence that was getting absolutely hammered every week. I just don't know how he didn't make it for the second year in a in a row as well. This is the second year in a row. I was thinking the same thing. He was probably the biggest um, one for me that I could think of that was left out. The only thing, and I was picking my brain trying to think about this as well, is. Who do you take out to bring Wiedering into that side? That's the only point. Like, I, I agree he should have made it, but looking at the team now, I'm thinking, well, who would I pull out to put him back in? And that was I'd, I'd, Yeah. I would probably take out Bailey Dale. I, I, Bailey Dale had a great season as well, but I would have moved Alir to the halfback flank and put Wiedering as a centre halfback. I feel like Alir, Alir plays more as that floater where he can, he can almost play like that rebounding role where Wiedering is that is that lockdown centre half back. So I probably would have moved Alir Alir to a half back and put Wiedering at centre half back and and kept Bailey Dale out. But I know that that back line is pretty good. But for me, I thought Jacob Wiedering was the best defender for the season, along with Stephen May. So I just don't know how he didn't make it, which is baffled me on the night. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's definitely a tough one. I thought he was very very stiff not to make it. I reckon it's almost just a straight swap for Bailey Dale because. You see players be put out of position anyway, so you wouldn't even have to worry too much about the reshuffling of you know positions where you are in the back line. As long as he's in the back six, I think he can fit. But other than that, I think I was pretty happy with the side. It was good to see a small forward actually 
make the All-Australian as a small forward instead of just putting a token midfielder in there like they've done in previous years. So Tom Papley making it this year was um, good for me. I, I was always happy to see a guy that's in position actually playing in that position because I know a lot of the time, even wingmen, they just, you know, you normally put a good midfielder on the wing and wingmen get snubbed and small forwards get snubbed. And this year, they actually, I thought they did all right with um, with putting players in their right positions. Yeah, well, Sam, Sam Walsh was named on the wing and barely played on the wing all season. So, um, and I think the same with Zach Merritt, who was on the other wing as well. So it's been, still a bit, bit interesting, that one. Um, but speaking of the forward pocket role, Jake Stringer, very unlucky not to make it as well. I thought his season was incredible. Um, so I think along with along with Jacob Weirdering, I think those two were probably the biggest surprises for me not to make it, I think. Yeah, they both had incredible seasons. So, but they're never going to get it right. There's always going to be some controversy with the All Australian team every year, isn't there? Well, that's it. And I, this is, I did forget about Stringer actually, so I apologise for that. He was another big one as well. But like you said, there's too many good players every year that someone has to be left out. And you know, if you you're, you're the one that gets left out this year, it's unfortunate. But maybe next year, you never know. So, if anything, it might be more motivation to back it up with another great season. Because I think for Stringer personally, anyway, this has probably been his best season I've seen him play. Obviously, had a lot more time in the midfield than what he's probably used to. And I thought he took it on um, really well and had a fantastic season. So if we can do it again next year, he's every chance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we get back to our regular scheduled programming, I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Capital Edge. Capital Edge is a boutique company set up to help you build a property portfolio quickly and effectively whilst minimizing any direct out-of-pocket costs. They implement strategies to help reduce your payable tax and avoid the common pitfalls of property investment. The simple difference with Capital Edge is that with any investment you make, it's all about you. Capital Edge, educating clients to make informed property choices using research-based processes. And last but not least, Gavos Freight Solutions, GFS. We recommend GFS due to their expert advice in all facets of international air and sea freight forwarding, including consolidation logistics, personal effects, as well as in-house customs clearance brokerage. Better than the rest, the team at GFS has a combined experience of over 40 years in the industry and is led by Peter Gavos, an accredited customs and quarantine broker. So if you're in the need for professional importing or exporting, be sure to get in contact with Peter and the team at www.gfs.net.au. That's www.gfs.net.au. All right, let's move on to... The semi-finals that are coming up this weekend, um, we've already touched on briefly, but we'll, we'll go into them a bit more now. Friday night, we've got Geelong and the Giants at Optus Stadium. Yeah, it's it's huge this one. Um, as we, we spoke about before, Geelong with their with their concerns and GWS with coming in with a lot of confidence. So it's it's going to be an absolute ripping contest on the big deck at Optus Stadium as well. It's going to be um, it's going to be a ripping game. Gonna be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to it. Friday night as well. Perfect time slot for it. It's a hard one to tip for me because for me, it my my tip will vary. If it's Geelong versus the Giants without Toby Green, then I'm tipping Geelong. But I think if Green plays, I'm giving the Giants every chance to win this one. So for me, it depends on tomorrow's verdict. To be honest with you, but I'll say the Giants for now anyway, and just presuming Green will get off, and I'll, I'm going to say the Giants for now. Yeah, oh, I'm going Geelong purely because Toby Green isn't, I don't think is going to play. Um, and I think Geelong uh, are too good not to bounce back after the weekend as well. They've got too much experience in their team. A lot of finals experience, premiership experience. So I think they'll bounce back and, and play Melbourne in a prelim, um, which, will, which will be huge as well. So cats for me, but 
if Toby plays, I might change it to the Giants, but very unlikely. And I'm surprised you, you're going with the Giants and assuming he'll play as well. I just sort of go for something a little bit different. I still, I don't think he will play. I don't think he'll play. So, I mean, really, the tip is Geelong, but I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll say the Giants for now anyway, just to mix it up a little bit. No, no, I like it, mate. I like it. Just like, uh, just like how you, you chuck your votes in for this week, for this round, even though we uh, we crowned our winner last week. But, uh, mate, you're full of surprises today, and I love it. It's just um, the recognition they deserve, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other semi-final is between Brisbane and the Bulldogs on Saturday night at the Gabba. Brisbane get a home final. This is going to be another great game as well. Um, very hard to pick this one. Um, Brisbane obviously coming off that loss to Melbourne, and then the Bulldogs coming off coming off that big win against the Bombers. So um, it's going to be a great contest. It really is, and for me, it's going to be hard to go past Brisbane. I think they're going to relish the chance to play at their home deck. They had it last year, and they obviously didn't go as far as I would have liked. And I think they'll be um, sniffing this chance to get a win over the Dogs at their home deck. And I'm going to give it to the Lions, but I think it's going to be a very close game. Yep, I think I think the Bulldogs are going to win. Um, I think their their form on the weekend to win by 49 points in the wet in those conditions was very impressive. And I think the Lions, they didn't look great against Melbourne. As good as Melbourne were, they they, they didn't look too good. Um, they had a lot of players down. Um, and I think the Bulldogs, after their late season slump, that's going to give them a lot of confidence that win against the Bombers. And I think we all know how good the Bulldogs are. They were a top two team all season. So... Um, yeah, I, I think the Dogs are going to win. I think they'll they'll get the Lions and the Lions will be out in straight sets, which will be disappointing for them because they've also had a, a terrific season. So, um, you know, I think the Dogs are mine. They've had a fantastic season, but they've also had a fantastic couple of years and they've just fallen short in seasons. And if that happens again this year, they'll be very disappointed. And some change, I think, will have to be made. I don't know what that change is. Obviously, it's not coaching for mine. I think the, their coaching is perfect the way it is, but something has to be changed because they just sort of flunk out in finals when they might not be expected to. And going out in straight sets different definitely isn't what we would have thought would happen from them. Um, but I don't mind your tip there with the dogs. The only reason I didn't go with the doggies is because the last three weeks leading up to finals were pretty shaky for me. And one good performance is fantastic, but I'll, I'll, I want to see it twice before I have some real faith back in them. And I think they can for sure, but I'm, yeah, I think for mine, yeah, Brisbane's still for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, it definitely could go either way this one. I think it's going to be great. Both semifinals are, are going to be great to watch. So really looking forward to them. Um, but that's it. That is, that is two games for the round. Uh, it's really, uh, we're really in finals mode now. And um, I think the AFL is about to, officially confirm that the grand final is going to be in Perth. Just with the COVID chaos that's going on down in Melbourne, there's just absolutely no chance it's going to be at the MCG. So that's going to be a great spectacle. And I believe the, all the prelim finals will, will uh, apart from the Port one, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because Port's going to have their home game in Adelaide. Um, so the Melbourne prelim is going to be at Optus Stadium. So it's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they, what they can put on. It's going to be a, ferocious crowd over there and um if it's going to be anything like the dream time game it's going to be a great spectacle it really will be and i think this year wa has really shown a serious interest in having the grand final we made fun of them last year for sort of being a bit blase about having the grand final there and the gabba did a great job but i think wa and optus stadium have an absolutely fantastic opportunity to put on a great show and no doubt they will no doubt they will whatsoever but it is disappointing this week and with only two games of footy that's what happens you get to this time of the year there's uh, not as much football over the week but 
the games tend to be of a high quality. So you get to look at it that way, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to look at it. I like it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, footy is coming closer to an end another season. So it's uh, it's sad times, but um, it is also equally the most exciting time of the year as well. Um, but that that is that is us done for this episode. It's been great. Um, finals are here. Uh, Melbourne supporters are up and about. Um, you're doing your finals votes. It's uh, it's a great time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, what a time to be alive. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. We love it. All right. But uh, as we say every week, make sure you yeah, leave us a review. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, enjoy the finals and we'll, we'll chat to you next week and, and preview the prelims.